Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome to the second of our World Cup 2022 podcasts, Never Write Off the Germans. My name is Ashley Blaker, and I'm your host, at least until the producers see the interview I've done with Piers Morgan and release me from my contract. Uh, You can think of me as the Gianni Infantino of podcasts. I can talk for hours and hours with no problem, but most of it will be utter shit. And uh, let's start off immediately by wishing massive congratulations to Saudi Arabia, after this morning's shock result, actually, let, let me do it in the accent. I've been practicing. Um, congratulations to Newcastle, to, not Newcastle, to Saudi Arabia. When the book comes in, how we're the lads. And once again, I've invited three of my favorite funny people to come and take part in a quiz about the last few days of World Cup action. So joining me today, we have stand-up comedian, host of the daily football news podcast, The Whistleblowers, Manchester United supporter, Mark Smith. Good afternoon, Mark. Oh, good afternoon. Hello. I'm actually Derby County supporter. I don't know where you've got your intel from there, but uh, you know what? It's uh, on the day that Ronaldo's left. Let's go along that road and send me a United fan, shall we? I think we're all United fans today. Now Ronaldo's gone. <laughs> Fair point. Someone's told me something wrong, but there you go. Exactly. I mean, where, where are you from? You're from Derby. From Derby. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they thought you were United fan. But I, I can make that. <laughs> <laughs> bad from London. Anyway, my second guest is a renowned creative powerhouse. Life is sweet, secrets and lies, topsy-turvy. He's directed none of them because it's not that Mike Lee. Instead, it's the host of the longest-running Tottenham podcast, The Spurs Show. So long-running, in fact, they were broadcasting when Tottenham last won a trophy. It's my good friend, Mike Lee, the other Mike Lee. Welcome, Mike. How are you, Ashley? And I have to say now, it was me. That said, when you meant, who must I think he's United. <laughs> and finally, he's a fellow Liverpool fan. He's an excellent writer. We, I genuinely plug his books because they are fabulous. It's Stephen Scrag. Hello, Stephen. 
Hello, Ashley. Thank you for the invitation. And, and yeah, if, if, if this is going down the line of slander and throwing around Manchester United sporting ways to county supporters, then, then yeah, God knows where I'm going to get that. <laughs> Clearly, uh, uh, Gianni Infantino's speech has been the biggest highlight so far uh, in terms of utter lunacy from this World Cup. But it's still second craziest opening address from a FIFA president. I don't know if you remember, any, any of you remember this, in 2014, this is totally true, I'm not making this up, Google it, totally true, Sepp Blatter, in his opening address of the World Cup, claimed that in the future there could be an interplanetary World Cup. Don't rule it out. Don't rule it out is what I'm saying. Forget 56 <laughs> years of hurt, 56 white <laughs> years of hurt. I don't know. Would, yeah, I just want to hear the chant. He's phoning home, he's phoning home, E.T.'s phoning home. <laughs> the, the Germans will still so win it. We, we the Germans will still win that tournament. Mm. And, and and Wales will find out that E.T.'s Welsh so we can play for them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, time for the quiz to uh, probably kick off um, for my guests to show me whether they've been uh, really paying attention over the last few days. So, Mark, first, what is going on here? Taking this one first time, instead he gets Alshin to commit and a clear grab of the right leg. Well, that is... Now, I have to give you... Um, one bit of ex- one ex- get your excuses in early, Mark, just in case you. Because <laughs> I'm I'm in New York at the moment, so I've, that's a bit of the American commentary that I'm having to suffer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what 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 game that's from, and what moment they're talking about there? Yes, yeah, so I've been thrown there, haven't I? So I've assumed it's the Wales American game, but if you're in New York, it's all American commentary, so it could be anything. So I'm going to go. There was a player I think called Alashita there, whose someone's leg was being grabbed. There was a bit of bad goalkeeping. I'm going to go with opening game, Qatar, Ecuador. It, it exact. That's exactly right. It was. It was the opening game. Wow. Um, there, was, there was actually it was some terrible goalkeeping. There was an actually even earlier goal. Wasn't it? It was like two minutes. I think the referee just and it was a very questionable offside. I think he just got a message in his ear: disallow this or you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's also funny, isn't it? Because you think like, well, let's hope stereotypes get thrown away. Let's flush them away. And then within two minutes, the Middle Eastern keeper has dropped a clanger. And you think, oh, no, this is the last thing I wanted. My The weird thing is, with all the talk about sports washing in Qatar, is that the thing with sports washing is, the way I understand it to work is you have a really bad regime and you distract from it by like hosting a World Cup or Olympics or running Newcastle United or something like that. But the thing with Qatar is, until this World Cup, I'd never even heard of Qatar. And it was actually none of these things we wouldn't have, I think these, or none of these things we'd have even known about. Unless You've drawn the, attention to yeah, it. It's complete. I think it's the other way around. I think it's actually done, I think it's, it's sports dirtying. Because you actually now, we're now all focusing on all the human rights abuses and the migrant workers and the um, LGBTQ issues. We didn't even know about this. We wouldn't have known anything about it. It's extraordinary. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like you, you've, you've murdered a number of people and buried them in your back garden and then invited the police around for a cup of tea and been like, hi, guys, welcome. Don't look outside, but enjoy your tea. It's madness. Why, why open yourself up like that? It is odd. And also, they, they seem, there was that, did you see that clip? I think it was in the Wales game, a Welsh fan going through the turnstiles and they made her take off her pride hat. But it seems so, well, it's obviously incredibly petty, but it seems that 
so much goodwill could be gained from just allowing that to someone to wear a hat and still maintain all the actual real abuses that are going on. It's like they're just determined to have as much bad publicity as possible. But also, it was just a rainbow hat. I mean, I know that the rainbow flag is, is that is the flag for LGBT, but at the same time, it's, what, is it just too colourful? What's happening? There, someone else, I think a, a team couldn't wear a certain, um, can't wear a certain training top before the game because it's just now too colourful. It's not even that it's the, a flag. It's just too colourful. It's just too colourful, exactly. Let's just hope it doesn't rain and be sunny at the same time. <laughs> it's a bit like being the Bond villain and, and playing your cards in the first thirty seconds before the kind of like the opening scene has been has been has been done. I mean, the, I, I don't know. I, I didn't see the footage of, of the, the the Wales hat incident, but I heard of it on the radio. I'm sure if, if it's the same one, then it was Laura McAllister who was kind of like former Welsh women's captain. Uh, you know, who, who are kind of like is, is a is a vague um, kind of like uh, comrade via Twitter, uh, and yeah, she she yeah she was she was on the radio yesterday, kind of like going through uh, her experiences of being stopped and said, you know, you can't you can't do that, and it's yeah, it is it's just the the wildest thing because it, like you say, it's 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 sports dirty and it's uh, you know the world is watching you just just allow the hat in it doesn't make any sense. It's the strangest thing. Well, but Mike, uh, Mike Lee, time for your uh, clip. Um, what's going on here? That's quite enough of that, I think. Uh, <laughs> that's quite enough of that. Rousing, rousing stuff. It is rousing stuff. Do you know, do you know what that is? Mike? But it's so awful, I'm guessing it must be a, a national anthem. It is It is a national anthem. And, and therefore, the only national anthem I think had any kind of news about it was obviously the England-Iran game, because... Uh, right, that really, is the new version really, of the game. Yeah. And a really big moment, yeah. A really big moment where I think all, may, all or certainly the majority of the Iranian players didn't sing along to the anthem in solidarity to all the Iranian women and students who are being beaten at the moment and imprisoned. Um, so it was a, a very moving moment. There was a lot of Iranian fans in the ground who presumably don't live in Iran who were crying and, and thought it was a very, very moving gesture. So... Uh, that was it. A very full answer and a very correct answer. Yeah, that's the Iranian national anthem, what, which you heard, but what you didn't hear were any players singing along, principally because none of them did. Um, what, do you, what did you think of England, by the way, Mike? Oh, it was incredible. I, I think I think most England fans, after that awful run we had, and probably starting with the defeat against Italy in the European Championship final, where a lot of fans and pundits went, oh, you know, we should have been a bit more positive when he was a bit too negative. And that's gone on up to the, right up to this tournament that we thought, oh, and he kind of just went for it. And there was a, a lot of players, um, well, I don't think many people thought Sagan was, uh, Sagan was going to start. He did. All the youngsters played incredibly well. All the ones that came on scored. How much he'll continue doing that if we get to the sort of business end quarterfinals, semifinals, he might, um, you know, go back to type. But so what we've seen so far, um, I think most of us know that our defence is probably not good enough. 
So all that attack could be the way forward. Yeah, no, no, I think it's a good point. Do you know what I, I, I was just watching on, um, I was watching on YouTube scenes from London and elsewhere in England of people watching the game, getting excited. And you know what? There's something I've noticed over the last few years that I just don't get my head around, right? Which is, you know, that thing that when people are watching England and England score, everyone throws their beer in the air. <laughs> I don't get this, right? Firstly, there's a cost of living crisis. So you would have thought that's the last thing you'd want to do. But I don't get it. And I, I think you all appreciate this, Mike, as well. We're both Jews. I hope I haven't outed <laughs> you. And we're, we're not big drinkers, right? But I, so I don't... I, but, so I don't quite understand this, but my theory, like if, if I did like drink, I'd want to drink it, not throw it. It would be like us, Mike, that throwing our salt beef sandwiches or chicken soup in the air over ourselves. Those stains, those stains wouldn't get out either. Yeah, it would, be, it would, uh, it would burn ourselves. But you never, I want to eat it. I like my food. What if I like my drink? I want to drink it. I don't. I don't get that at all. It is strange. I've got a friend of mine who's over there at the tournament, and and he said what we are hearing in the West is nothing like he's seen. He said, the atmosphere has been incredible. The halftime shows, full-time shows, the fan zones have been great. Everyone's been very friendly. The only thing he sort of said has been tricky is some of the traffic. Everything is within 45 minutes. Every stadium is 45 minutes away. So he said, the traffic has been pretty bad, but he's actually staying in the Argentinian uh, Players Hotel. So that's going to be an interesting place tonight. In fairness, your friend is one of those people who's been paid 40 grand yeah, to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly, showed up with his trumpet. That. Yeah, no, he, he hasn't. Uh, but has it been interesting what he said, that he said it's been... Uh, atmosphere's been very, very good. And and he didn't see any... Certainly hasn't seen, obviously, now that beer's um, not allowed in the stadiums, you're not going to get any drunk England fans wandering out after the game oh, uh, we'll find causing a way. trouble <laughs> yeah well i mean that's that's the thing if you look back at the um the way we handled that european championship with a lot of people final a lot of people said there said it was the most disgraceful moment in english football i don't way, know about you, know. you yeah i don't know about you but to me you can't really be in Eng nothing says supporting england like having a firework stuck up your ass <laughs> and if we don't I absolutely see agree <laughs> Yeah, if you don't see any England fans with fireworks protruding from their anus, I, I feel like I haven't really seen an England tournament, really. Yeah, do they even <laughs> love the king if they've not got a firework up their ass? That's what you've got to ask yourself. It's what, it's what the queen would have wanted. Absolutely um, right. On, on to you, Stephen. Time for your clip. Have a listen to this. Tell me if you can work out what's going on here. He's headed the ball down and it's fallen straight to him and you think... He's going to score it Moment of history. from about 50, 60 yards out, but then he's got a bad tackle from behind. Well, firstly, do you know who that is or what that's from? So it's not American footage there. That That's actually British footage. Yeah. Uh, do you know, I've I, I missed this somewhere. This, this, this is... Well, all right, I'll give you a clue. That is Steve Morrison, right? So this is Steve Morrison in Sky Sports. Yeah. And it's like... You know, on on Saturday afternoon, like three o'clock games, when they're not allowed to show, obviously the foot the uh, the games here in 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 England, right? and you have you have like you know the Paul Merson sat there watching, and on BT Sport you got Robbie Savage and and what have you, Chris Sutton all watching. Sky Sports are doing this for the World Cup. Who <laughs> is watching this? Because it's not like yeah. on three p.m. on Saturday afternoon when the games aren't available, unless you've got like an illegal stream going. They're on the BBC and ITV. Who is sat there going, you know what? Who's I don't want to watch BBC. This? 
I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it via Sky Sports. Sounds yeah, you're telling me what they've watched. So that is what's going on here. It's Steve Martin. Yeah, but it's, it's like when it's like sorry to bring up the Queen again, but when the Queen's funeral was on, it was on Sky Sports. It was on all different <laughs> channels. So I want to know how many people were watching the Queen's funeral on like Eurosport too. I didn't see that. What did they did they have Jamie Carragher on? Did they? Yeah, did they? Did they have Graham Paul Merson. Graham Sooner say, "You know what killed her? Pogba." Pogba <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know who watched that. Um, well, so, does anyone else know what Steve Morrison was describing? I, think, was I a... think I do. Yes, go I, on. I, I believe, it, I believe. if you don't mind me jumping in here, I think it was Gareth Bale getting hacked from behind as he was about to shoot against the USA uh, on Monday evening. Oh, and it was such a... It really was an incredible moment because it was just set up the, the goalkeeper, the... Uh, um, it, it, it was the the Arsenal reserve keeper, isn't it? Um, he, he headed it out. It fell to Gareth Bale at the halfway line. No one in goal. You think he's going to... On his left foot. The moment it was set up for him, and then he's just taken out cynically, and um, the, the moment went. What did, Stephen, did you see any of that game, the Wales game? I did. I did. I, I thought... I, I was fully expecting America to play... You know, very, very well to start with. I mean, uh, you know, didn't qualify last time, you know, points to prove. Uh, you know, uh, it, it was no surprise to see them come out fast, but then kind of like lose steam. So, you know, I think it kind of panned out the way the way I'd have expected it. I mean, going off on a tangent there and going back to watching people on Sky Sports watch games of football, I've always wondered as well with that. It's like when it's like Sky or BT and they've not got the rights to the football that they're actually watching, are they are they watching it like uh, you know, via, via an illegal stream like the vast majority of the country are at three pm on Saturday afternoon? <laughs> or have they got some kind of you know, agreement with you no? Know, does Sky have a you know a gentleman's agreement with BT to allow them to watch the Bundesliga or vice versa? It's buffering. So, it, so one of them on their phone yeah. gets a goal alert. There's a goal coming up. There's a goal coming up. We've gone one up. We're three minutes behind here. Yeah. I think Paul Merson's using his mum's account like I do for BT Sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, what's interesting is, though, I, I was thinking if England beat um, the USA on uh, Friday, Black Friday, so keep telling us on Fox Sports, it's Black Friday, um, and Wales beat Iran, both of which could happen, you could have a possibility of a replay of the famous disgrace of Gihon from uh, um, 1982, West Germany and, and Austria, because... England and Wales could just play out a one-all draw, nil-nil, what have you, in that last game and um, stitch up America. There's, there's, there's been some wonderful results of convenience over the years. I mean, there was it Sweden and Denmark had a very convenient, yeah, yeah, plausible two-all draw, one in one Euros that knocked Italy out. I mean, going way back, I mean, Coventry and Bristol City was one of the famous ones where they just properly down tools with 20 minutes to go because Sunderland were losing at Everton. And Sunderland fans just have this massive, massive hatred of Coventry City ever since. And I think, I think with that one, it was something like Jimmy Hill was the the chairman at the time, and he and he flashed up the the score from from Goodison Park on the newly installed electronic scoreboard. So yeah, they all, they all, yeah, there there has been a, a litany of these wonderful yet mellifluous you know results of convenience. But yeah, I I would yes. love to see England. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of an England atheist as such, you know. Uh, no, they're, they're, they're not. They're not my team as such. It always feels like the school team compared to kind of like the the you know, the the team that you play with with your mates on a Saturday morning. So you know, I was I was never quite brought up to support them. I, mean, I suppose it was easy 
you know, for my dad not to do that. I was born in 74 when England didn't qualify for that World Cup and then they didn't qualify for the one after that. So I was never shown the way as such. So, you know, by the time I'd reached the 1980s, it it, it really, you know, the, the ship had sailed. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think I'd have a bit more respect for England if they kind of, like, carved up a result with Wales. Yeah, it, it, it is hard, let's be honest, for us to support a team with Jordan Pickford in goal. I mean, that's, that it, it is, it's, it's never going to be easy. But um, I mean, is he is he in years in years to come? Is he going to end up going down the road with Shilton and being kind of like uh, you know a right wing apologist and and you know uh, you know EFO mega mega you know mega trumpet for them? Yeah, well, do you see that clip of um, Letizia with Nigel Farage? <laughs> I've seen this. I'm not close up on this. I saw, I saw I saw the picture of it. and I thought this is something I need to I need to see at some point. Oh, I think it's something you need to avoid. Uh, but yeah, Letizia was talking about. You know, obviously he only ever missed one penalty, but he said he he said he's offered his services, but the woke Mister Southgate wouldn't have him anywhere near the side. So I feel, I feel like oh. no one no one of like a certain age and political persuasion seem to know what the word woke means. They just, they just all use it whenever they run out of things to say, and then it, and then they get an applause break for it. And that yeah. clip is a perfect example of it. Yeah, no, woke, well, woke is, I mean, genuinely, woke is one of those weird words that is, it can, is sometimes used by people as a positive that they're proud to be, and other times is used as an insult two people yeah. it's a very very few words that i can think of that are actually like that very so versatile word <laughs> use it for anything very, very versatile. exactly it's incredibly versatile exactly um yeah no, it's a good point uh but well apparently uh well yes nigel farage loved that and then seemed to get very excited about gary lineker being even more woke than uh Gareth but uh, well, you know what? Anyway, at the end of that uh, round, I, I think it's got to be uh, points to Mark because he's he's managed to not only answer his um, his question correctly, but Stevens as well. So well done, Mark. Um, <laughs> Thank you. At uh, at that this point, it's time for a very quick message from our sponsors. But uh, we'll be back in a minute. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get all the latest World Cup headlines and bite-sized opinion on the World Cup Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith and a rotating lineup of contributors from the world of football and entertainment as they dissect all the big talking points in one small package. Whether it's bringing you reaction to the games, fallout from a bad managerial decision, or just the latest scandal to engulf the host nation, the World Cup Whistleblowers Daily Podcast will be covering it concisely every weekday of the tournament. Search for the Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. Never Out of the Germans is brought to you by my diesel claim. Over a million people have put their trust in them. That's more than 10 sellout crowds at Wembley. If you owned or leased a diesel vehicle between 2009 and 2020, you could be entitled to significant compensation. It's free to sign up and you can check your vehicle's eligibility instantly. Join millions of other football fans and visit mydieselclaim.com today 
or click the link in this podcast show description. Welcome back. Now you can be part of the podcast during the World Cup by getting in touch with us about anything interesting or entertaining that you've seen via our Facebook page or on our Twitter account at Never Write Off. But uh, at the halfway stage, uh, still everything to play for. Uh, so on to our next round called Your Numbers Up, which features a series of random numbers. But what's the connection to the World Cup? So first up, um, Mark, our current leader, uh, the number is 232. Has something to do with England. 232. It's connected um, okay. to a player. 232. A current player? Can I have that as a current, clue? Current England player. I'll give you another clue. It's actually a, a player who isn't at the World Cup. Okay. Is it the number of Big Macs that Jaden Sancho has had in the last couple of seasons? <laughs> Come it, on, it, that's that's low-hanging fruit. I apologise, Jaden, if you're listening, which I know you must be. It, it's not that. It's neither is it the number of mistakes that Harry Maguire has made in the last two seasons. Um, <laughs> that would be an underestimation. Um, 232, okay. Um, any more clues or is that it? Some thought might have gone to the World Cup. That's your final clue. Anyone want to join, jump in? A player who some wanted to go to the World Cup. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. No, yeah, I'm gonna time out on that one. So 232. It's the number of betting infringements that <laughs> of course has been accused of. Wow. He he he's basically laid more bets than Alec Gilroy. Um, that's a joke for the kids. Um, yeah. Would, would, don't worry. Coronation Street reference. Um, this show you, is old and woke, and I won't have I it. <laughs> would you have taken him? Not Alec Gilroy, Ivan, Tony. <laughs> I, I, I would have done. I mean, I think he's done incredibly well this season. But I think with the players we have, with the forward players we've got in that squad, I, I couldn't see him. I couldn't see him getting a game. I couldn't see him. Which you know, ahead of Wilson, really? You'd you'd have had him. I would have taken him. I could have had him ahead of Wilson myself. Not. I'd, I'd have had him. I'd have had him ahead of Gallagher. I'd have gone with another striker because I don't think Rashford's really a number nine, and I'd like to have three in there just in case. No, it's um, a good point. Twenty-six I mean, man squad, isn't it? Connor Gallagher is not probably going to get much game time. No. Whereas, um, no. if you're chasing a game, putting on another. Striker and also he's he's a great taker as well. Exactly. Yeah. Getting back to the Matt Letizier point. I mean, he I think he's also in his well, he's never missed in the top flight, and he's missed one penalty in his career. So Letizier-esque. It is Letizier-esque minus the well, you know what? Ivan Tony might also be pals with Farage. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't bet on it, but Ivan Tony probably would. Uh so uh, Mike, your number is 84. Any thought what that's got to do with the World Cup? Now, I'm going to give you a clue here. I'm going to give you a bit more help because I'm watching American footage and they seem to be obsessed with this. It's a percentage, 84%. Uh, and they have said this in almost every single match so far. I'll take a guess and say the stadium so far been 84%. Before. Oh, good shot. No, it's not. So it's, it's, I'll, I'll give it, it's, it's something to do with the first round of games. In the oh, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. The amount of injury time that's been played so far, no, I've got oh. it. No, it feels like that. It's 84 81%. Is actually, Stephen, do you want to have a guess before I? I, I was going to chip in with injury time there, or at least kind of like all 84% of all injury times belong to the England Duran game or something like that. 
I was going to guess, it, could it be 84% of all teams that win their first game go through? Oh. It is. It oh, is. Wow. It's Very a man good who's one. determined. Very good. It. Yeah, you're all right. And they're obsessed with this fact. I think it's the one fact that they've spread around the Fox sports. They love a stat, don't they? They do love a stat. They get that in every single game. So this is because, um, yeah, so for example, obviously, look, you know, obviously, I don't know what percentage um, of, of those that lose the first game, for example, don't go through what have you. And obviously, uh, Argentina have lost the first game before, famously in 1990, um, to Cameroon, and then got to, through to the final. But um, yes, that is, that is uh, you know, 84% go through. So Saudi Arabia looking pretty good. This is going to be real trouble for, for Argentina. Would you just say, just as a side, talk about the Saudi game? Because I know on the TV, they, I, I can't remember who was commentating on, was it ITV had? It? I think it was ITV. I can't remember who was commentating. But it was really trying to go back to think of these other big shocks and, you know, certain games. Uh, he, he mentioned England, USA, 1950 and things like that. This is in modern times. This has got to be the biggest one, surely. I know they're ranked 50, but come on, Saudi Arabia to Argentina, 36 games unbeaten. Well, Argentina, uh, uh, famously, obviously, they were the world champions in 1990, and then they lost to Cameroon. Really, at the time, I mean, African football at that time really was looked down upon as, you know, commentators would say, you know, talk about the naivety of the African players in semi-racist tones. Um but what, I, what was interesting, I, I heard today, they were saying that this is the first time that Argentina have lost a World Cup game from being a goal up oh, wow. since 1958. That's the amazing oh, thing. Oh, they wow. actually scored. Wow. And what was amazing was that game is how many very near second goals they had as well. <laughs> Only offside. Exactly. And some of them looked incredibly close. Well, the, the, the first one that was just that with the, I think it was his um, arm just off Martinez. I mean, yeah, if you are you telling me if he scores a goal with that part of his arm that was ruled offside, that that would be allowed? Of course it wouldn't. So it mustn't be offside either. Well, uh, no, I mean absolutely, it's just the old, you know, the armpits and all of that that we were getting very frustrated with over recent years. Um, but they were, I mean, yes, so they were a bit unlucky. But then in the first half, but that second half performance really was quite extraordinary. And what a, I mean, that second goal. It was such a what a great goal to win again. You you want to see a, a a winner like that, and then also right towards the end when they had that chance and it was headed off the line as well. Um, it really was, it was brilliant. That, that, and that, they've been given the day off tomorrow. That they, they've declared a national holiday for tomorrow to celebrate the game in Newcastle <laughs> or in Saudi. Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> How it's many a, more Newcastle uh, games can you get in, Ashley? Another know, five I'll or try. six, probably. I'll try. <laughs> we can. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> um, apologies to I don't know why I'm apologising to Newcastle fans um, so uh, finally Stephen your, your number is 24 and it's connected to the England versus Iran match 24 I, I, we've actually we've slightly alluded to it already just to give you a little bit of a is it, is a, it, is uh, it num number of players in the England squad who are better than Jordan Pickford and go <laughs> uh, 24 England Iran it's it's a number of minutes that's, that's yeah that's it, well yeah uh, that that was a lewd, I mean I, I mean it's continued for a few games now hasn't it I don't know is, is this some kind of spread betting thing going on or you know the 
I don't know, some some kind of yeah, some some kind of sweep amongst the referees to see. I'm and Tony pulling the strings behind the scenes, is he? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm with you, Mark, because every time stuff weird stuff happens in football, I always think Malaysian betting syndicate there. That's got to be. <laughs> Remember when there were those games where like floodlights were going down in, yeah, in yeah. um you know, like Selhurst Park and stuff like that. And, you, and they always just said, oh, yes, Malaysian betting syndicates have rigged that. I mean, 20... Look, the the first half, the Iranian goalkeeper clearly had a... a, a, a yeah, a, I think to be fair. Knock. To be fair, his head fell off in the first half. You can at least add a few yeah. minutes for that. Exactly. It's very uh, refreshing, and- though, actually, because, I mean, obviously, you think about uh, Premier League... And actually, I'll, I'll mention Newcastle. I was, I was at the Newcastle Tottenham game, and Newcastle played very well and, and won. But with the amount of time wasting and the ball going out and stuff going on, they said that the ball was in play for only 54 minutes of the game. And they are going to try and clamp down and add this extra time on. So suddenly FIFA for nowhere are doing that. It's very refreshing. The Argentina yeah. game, it was what, 10 minutes? And there was even more. It was, it was unbelievable. There was like 10, yeah. 12 minutes added to that game. But it's, it, it's right. And it, it should hopefully continue in the Premier League when we go back. I agree that there's not much that we should take from American sports and and transplant into football, but I definitely think there's an argument to be made for the stop clock system. The the amount of minutes we lose out on, and I know it's it's harder to then work out exactly how long a game of football is and you know what time I've got to leave the ground or whatever. But it's you're getting your money's worth, and if a game lasts two hours or two hours fifteen, it lasts two hours fifteen. I'm happy with that. Yeah, no, I I, I hear what you're saying, and and also uh, yes. Again, talking about Newcastle, um, the Liverpool-Newcastle game earlier on in the season when Liverpool scored like seven minutes into injury time after Newcastle had, had uh, spent a lot of time um, wasting, a lot of time wasting in the second half. But yeah, I mean, certainly from a practical point of view, you, God, can you imagine if you've got a last train to catch or something? I mean, these games, we could be going on all night, particularly in evening games. I mean, this. Um, I think they're also. It's not just the substitutions. They're also looking at the the time for celebrating goals, which they we don't tend to look at. Yeah, but once there's no incentive to time waste at all, then they'll just stop doing it. So the games won't be too much over over the top. I don't think. Like the amount of time you see just someone, you know, just sort of faffing around before taking a throw in or. Or, you know, when they kick the ball away slightly so they have to go and trudge back and get it. That just stops. That stops overnight. Keeper's always the worst. I mean, Ben Foster, when yeah. he was at Watford, was famous for it. I think Newcastle are now famous for it. The amount of time. And, you know, occasionally you might near the end of the game, the crowd, you know, start booing and the referee gives out a yellow. But you know, by then it doesn't matter. By then, you know, the, the sort of cheating has happened and you never really get those minutes back. Yeah, no, no, I, I said that. Well, it was actually the, the kind of, I mean, Jordan Pickford's famous as well, like sit, falling down on the ball and what have you. But the, that then the ball is in play. That's the thing. You can't, uh, um, they're not going to add on time for that necessarily. But yeah, I mean, some of it have been quite preposterous. Uh, I think not so much today, but yesterday, I mean, getting into like 10, 11 minutes plus of uh, stoppage time. Also, the, the players just can't, Ultimately, you so many players, and obviously it's hot as well. But players are falling down and need, you know, cramp. Um, you know, can you imagine if games do just last that long? It's you're going to see a lot more injured players, and um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not convinced that is. I, I certainly agree. We don't want to see time wasting, but that is that something we want to see? You know, ten, eleven minutes of stoppage time. It's the evolution of football. 
yeah, the only thing you know you could maybe kind of like put a put a not a stop to that kind of thing, but you know, taking taking a leaf out of rugby. I'm not a rugby fan at all, but rugby league where the you know unless it's a, a seriously you know visible injury, then you know the physio comes on while the game continues to play. You know, I'd I'd love to see that experimented with. Know, and see if that works or not. And, you know, it's not going to stop people kicking the post three times or, or anything like that, or you know, shifting the ball over one side of the net to the other to take a goal kick. That that's that's still going to carry on. But you know, as far as falling down and injured, you know, bring bring the physio on, play on, unless they become a you know, it's a, it's, a, you know, it's clear it's like someone's got a leg hanging off or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I I look, I certainly think I I, I think for me, I think what we all want to see is. Um, transparency so i certainly can see what mark's talking about there like if you do the american way of actually having a countdown 45 minutes down to zero and every time it stops just stop it and then you actually can see then there's no none of this kind of waiting for the board to go up and going where did he get that from or why isn't it more etc i don't know why they haven't tried that I mean, I've, I've enjoyed, well, I've enjoyed the Premier League of late, and I don't know if it's still happening in the, in the lower divisions, is that there's there's players going down and there's no automatic, or oh, the referee not stopping the game automatically. He'll, he'll give it 30 seconds or so to see if the player gets back up again. You know, so, you know, there, there are, you know, I think there is a an appetite for kind of, it's the continuation of the game. It's it's the disruption that, that, that hits uh, people who watch it more than anything else, you know, a bit of time wasting here and there towards the end of a game, you know, it's 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 going to be hard to eradicate. But you know, those those injuries where a player goes down and it doesn't look particularly serious, you know, let, let him stay down and play on. And I think that's that's becoming a bit more prevalent. Also, sometimes just the reverse, just like if 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 we if it had just football been like a countdown clock, and you knew exactly how long was to go, then it would eradicate the kind of Fergie time. You, um you know, Alex Ferguson tapping his watch to try and make sure there's another five minutes so he can try and get a goal. Uh, I would think, by the way, whenever I saw it, like, obviously, Iran yesterday, Carlos Kiros, I always imagine he's only there because Ferguson, like, he's just, he's only there because Ferguson's refusing to talk to the BBC or something. But um, I, 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 that's all I associate with Alex, him and Mike Phelan. They're just Alex Ferguson's mouthpieces. He should have sent it. He should have sent Ferguson out to do his after-match interview, shouldn't he? That's what he should have exactly. done. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mr. Trick. Um, well, I think, I, Stephen, I think you've redeemed yourself uh, in there because you you straight in with that. Uh, you, you're the only uh, one of my guests who actually got that right. So well done, Stephen. Now, nearly all time for, but uh, our next podcast is going to be on Monday, by which time we'll have seen... Every team play. England will have played the US and uh, Wales will have played Iran. So um, just want to hear what you foresee happening over the next week or maybe even just during the the tournament now you've seen a few more of the games. So, uh, Mark, what any predictions for England or for the World Cup in general? Oh, look, I think, I think and I said this before the tournament, uh, if you listen to the World Cup Whistleblowers Daily Podcast, you'll know uh, that the... I think we can mix it with anybody. I think England as a team, the amount of attacking talent, Mike mentioned it earlier, as long as we're not so defensive-minded, I feel like we can not be afraid of anybody going forward. I think a lot of it comes down to Denmark and if they can top their group ahead of France because there's a chance we meet France in the last 16 and that's obviously very tough despite their injuries. Um, apart from that, if England don't do it, uh, I'd like Brazil to do it because I think that's just a quintessential 
football team, certainly the quintessential World Cup football team. And there's something very romantic still. I don't know if this is me getting older or what, but the yellow, the gold, you know, the the green, I just there's something about the Brazil, everything about Brazilian football I love, and I just want to see them do well. And if we don't win it, yeah, let them win it, I reckon. That's why if Liverpool can't win the league, I always want Norwich. It's just those <laughs> yellow shirts. <laughs> the romanticism of Pele and Wolf Fox. And uh, yeah, no, look, I'm, I'm I'm with you there. And a few Liverpool players as well there for, for Brazil. And I mean, a few people were predicting um, Argentina will win it. So who knows? It's, um, yeah, it's still good. Still good. Still could, still could, but not not a great start. Mike, any any predictions? Oh, just over the last, over the next few days, or over the tournament in general? I I, I had predicted on the Spurs show last week that Argentina would would win it, and obviously, you know, Tottenham have had always had a a, a history with Argentina going back to Villa and Ardiles in '78 and Pochettino. Now we've got Romero, uh, the the Argentina centre back. But I I think now from what we've seen so far, I can see a lesser team maybe going all the way to the semi-final. And Denmark were kind of a sort of dark horse, but I think maybe a team like Switzerland might do better than we think. Um, maybe, I mean, the fact that Argentina lost and, and didn't look particularly good at all in the second half after going 36 unbeaten, uh, maybe some of the other big teams, you know, everyone thinks that Spain, France, Por- Portugal, I think now, I think Portugal, I think, um, I think they're one of the last uh, teams to play their, their first game. Um, so I think there'll be a, an unfancy team going all the way to the semi-finals. That's going to be my prediction now. Okay, all right, Stephen. Uh, I'm, I'm going for I'm going for France to implode this evening. Um, I, I, the, as as a World Cup watcher, I mean, what, what I find is that I mean, people don't complain about it as much as say the Champions League, where they, they complain about the same teams over and over again. But 29 of the the 32 competing this time have played in a World Cup that was at least as recently as 2014. Now, within that, you know, you've only got three kind of left-field competitors as such, Wales being one first World Cup since 58, Qatar never having uh, competed in what, and Canada back since first time since 86. So looking forward to seeing Canada. But, for, you know, within that, uh, you know, beyond that, it, it's the holders and the propensity for the holders to self-destruct in the, in the, the last few World Cups. You know, four of the five, uh, most recent holders have gone out in the group stages, uh, including wow, France. Wow, great start. They, you know, the last well, three holders have gone out yeah, in the group stages. Yeah, France seem to be, they, they have like one-on-one off, don't they? they? They sometimes, they do either go all the way or they just get embarrassed in the first round. I, and, and I, go. Yeah, I've always, I've always loved that about Italy and that's why I'm more in Italy's you know, loss to another World Cup because they always either returned home with the trophy or a near miss or to a shower of rotten tomatoes for going out in the group stages. So, you know, I, I miss Italy, for instance. But, yeah, you know, it's it's the esoteric and, and you know, I think I miss I miss that from my childhood and, and, you know, teams coming into it that you've never heard of before. You know, I 82 was my first World Cup and, and since then, I think I can count it the other day, of the 24 that played in 82, only two have never returned. So, you know, I always look out for now. You know, we're hoping that Al Salvador will will return to the World Cup at some point, you know, since they have. Uh, but, yeah, you know, France, I'm going for France to implode. Who was the other team? Is it Kuwait? Who was the other team in that World Cup? Kuwait will be the other three, yeah. And that was great, though, because I always claimed Peru as being my South American team of choice, and I was gutted that they missed out narrowly on this one. I was delighted that they, they, they qualified last time around, but within that, I don't know, seeing them come back, it's a bit like New Zealand when they qualified in 2010. 
kind of delighted to see them come back, but also it kind of, I don't know, it it, it put some kind of barrier between that and the version of them from 82. So, you know, in a way, I'd love to see El Salvador and Q8 come back, but past me would be quite happy not to. It's a bit like seeing that band you used to love reform and then, you know, not look the part. It's amazing to think in like 30-something years' time, there'll be a long-haired guy on a podcast going, oh, I remember when Qatar were in a World Cup. Amazing days. Never thought I'd see it in a World Cup again, and here they are back. But Ashley, let's not forget the title of your hilarious podcast, Never Write Off the Germans. And I I believe the reason, the reason, the reason it is titled this is that they always come as surprises. They're always there and they're they're about. Um, And uh, I know on your on the first episode, you were talking very fondly of that 7-1 game against Brazil, which is still one of the most extraordinary results uh, in, in World Cup history. Um, so never never write, never write them off. Exactly. Well, on that lovely link, thank you. <laughs> what a pro. What a pro. Knows what he's doing. I think that is nearly all we've got time for. But look, it's a World Cup. There has to be winners. There has to be losers. That's just the way it is. And I think, Mark, you've you've... You've shown why you're the host of a daily football podcast, the Whistleblower. <laughs> you you it's know your stuff. This is a fix. <laughs> no, no. I, credit where it's due. You, you, you're clearly doing your research. So congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Congratulations, Thank you. Stephen and Mike. Enjoy the football this week. Uh, join me next Monday when I'll be joined by three more great guests. Um, until then, I'm Ashley Blake. And just remember, England may have thrashed you on, but as Mike Lee so at least pointed out, never write off the Germans. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.